All right, and we are back with the second part of this uh, recording. Um, once again, still here with Zach, and we've been discussing a lot of different stuff. Um, I think we were talking about the NWO and Alex Jones whenever we... Uh, yeah, it was went. the second uh, podcast, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was, Alex Jones, because Joe Rogan said, I just can't have him back after Sandy Hook. And he had him back, and my brother, I sent that episode to my brother, and he's like, you know, I watched that whole thing. I was. It, I watched the whole. It's thing like twenty three million, isn't it? It's, I don't know the exact number. I never looked at the number, but it's got a lot of hits. Yeah, I know uh, that more than any other by far. So uh, probably as many as all of them combined. Anyway, he spent a couple, of, and there's there's clips on YouTube, and he was talking about. Uh, he's like, tell me about the aliens. He said interdimensional beings, mm-hmm. not next, not necessarily extraterrestrial, but uh, interdimensional beings that. Uh, like they they kill people and put them on the edge and they bring them back mm-hmm. and that when you do drugs hallucinogens and stuff I, last time I did mushrooms I don't I'll never do psychedelics again because I was hearing these voices they were like fairies and one thing I would tell your listeners is um, the exorcism of Emily Rose is based on a true story of a girl in Germany in 1973 incidentally the same year as Roe v Wade. And she was under demonic possession. And you can find the audio uh, with English subtitles on YouTube. I've listened to the whole thing. And what they talk about... um, So, yes, uh, Satan is the father of lies. But um, the belief is, and it happens to be true, is that Jesus gave the apostles um, authority to cast out demons. It's called apostolic succession. And all the bishops are the laying of hands all the way down to the apostles. So only the bishop can designate designate what priests can do exorcisms. And he gives that priest the authority. So when the priest says, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I want you to tell me the truth. Why are you sent here? Are you sent to say something? Mm-hmm. And in theory, um, they reign in hell, but they're still under God's authority. Uh, and there's no way out of that. We all are. So... Um, the demon uh, said that the church would be, I'm paraphrasing, um, will be infiltrated, and uh, in particular the German bishops. And if you look into what's going on and and where it's uh, where it's going, I mean Pope Francis is really pushing this, the UN and uh, the pandemic and uh, globalism and all this stuff. But well, didn't uh, he call for the new world order the other day? Yeah, like last week. <laughs> yeah, several times. I mean. At, at the pulpit, all I hear about is uh, gun control, the environment, and children at the border. Now, and it, he follows it with, this is not a political statement. It's doublethink. It's Orwellian. Uh, I'm going to tell y'all what is obviously a far left-wing political agenda and follow it with, this is not political. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. There's no way, which is what I'm going to talk to him about it. Like, how do you reconcile that? So anyway, um, so yeah, you're right. The uh, the Alex Jones talking about interdimensional beings and, and vampires and adrenaline com- adrenaline chrome adrenochrome yeah adrenochrome it never had occurred to me that it was on Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas yep it's there it's a real thing <laughs> if you look if you look once you know what adrenochrome is once you realize that it's Hollywood that's addicted to adrenochrome. Like, these freakouts that you're seeing from the celebrities, I'm 90% certain that it's adrenochrome withdrawals. I don't think that it's... I don't think it's the lockdowns. I don't think it's the lack of publicity. There has been massive amounts of children, uh, sex trafficking children that have been recovered. Isn't it like triple the amount of the former 
administration? I, I, I know that there's been a lot. You don't hear um, about it on the news. No, they don't want to talk about it on the news because they're losing. Uh, a lot of the people in the news are involved in this. And as far as adrenochrome goes, adrenochrome is a drug that is extracted um, from the uh, the pineal gland, mm -hmm. um, I believe, um, of a person. And it's, it's blood. And um, essentially to get it to work properly what you need to do is to have the best result to have the best high what you're going to do is um freak the shit out of them terrorize a child yeah and then when the child is mid terror is when you extract it and supposedly it's supposed to work as a drug that's like a combination between dmt and meth um it gets you like super intense as far as it's like the dark crystal and when they drink the gas what essence that's uh, that's what i was going to talk about yes you can find it in in movies and once you realize that hollywood is very much involved with it it's in the dark crystal what you're talking about uh -huh. that's straight adrenochrome uh harvesting is what they are uh what they are talking about and here's a big one monsters incorporated Monsters yeah. Incorporated, if you look at what they do, you have a bunch of monsters from another dimension who come into our world, terrorize kids, and then take their fear and use it to power their, their civilization. Now, granted, at the end, they have that, uh, they have that, that switch where it's the laughter of children that mm -hmm. powers everything, and it's a lot right. more powerful and everything. But everything about that, that movie is adrenochrome harvesting. And, like, just look at the logo for Monsters Incorporated. It's an M with an eyeball in it. it huh. It's one-eye symbolism. It's the, it's the all-seeing eye. Here's something you don't know about. I remember when YouTube first came out. This was maybe 15 years ago, dude. Uh, you, I discovered YouTube, and I started listening to these uh, songs backwards. Mm -hmm. And I remember the beat... Backmasking. Backmasking. Um... The Beatles, the White Album. There's the song Revolution, and there's also on the same side Revolution Nine. It's yeah, not Revolution. musical; it's just uh, mixing. Uh, 1968. John so uh, described it as a revolution of sound. Right. There's a. He was there, very much involved with Yoko Ono <laughs> <laughs> and LSD. So there's a part on there where it says, "It says a uh, Paul is uh, dead." Uh, Yoko says, "If uh, what was it? Uh, if you see me." naked it's something like that okay so the naked part so i heard the back masking and it was look at me satan so i think that there's there's something um everything's upside down in the demonic yeah um you know jesus died on a friday at 3 p.m sometimes you ever know sometimes you'll wake up at 3 p.m uh demonic things like that will happen uh the crucifix will fall upside down we've all seen this in movies so there's symbolism in reverse and there's backwards masking they may have not even know they did it mm -hmm. but you'll stumble across some uh some symbols symbolic it's very you know like there's a reason why um uh, the psychologist carl jung uh really did a lot of work on it to where we interpret things through symbols. For example, water represents rebirth mm -hmm. in dreams and Christianity and baptism. So <clears throat> that's not just an accident. It's almost 
we've been doing it for so long, religion, that it's encoded in our DNA. We can't survive without it, really. There's movies where they say human beings can't live without hope or they can't live without suffering. These are very old ideas. They ran the Egyptian culture for 3,000 years, these basic stories. So I have noticed that um, there is some kind of symbolism in things like, you know, rock and roll, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll and all that, but it's under the mask of peace and love. And the newspapers uh, would talk about San Francisco in the 60s, like it was peace and love, but the reality is... um, it was dropouts, drug addiction, ODing, death, and uh, venereal diseases and STDs. They had a community clinic in San- that was full. And now it's kind of taken over by by homosexuals, um, the, the gay well, pride. So let's rewind for a second. The hippie-dippie the hippie, the hippie power flower movement. Um, I, I make fun, but most people call me a hippie anyway, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But the the hippie movement of the 60s, um, that was not natural, in my opinion. That was CIA, MKUltra experimentation. And the way that you can tell is I'm pretty sure that we have actual documentation of CIA people going into these crowds and giving people acid to to try to manipulate them. Lawsuits have been figured Um, out, right? The lead singer of The Doors, the lead singer of The Grateful Dead, they have, they're have they both connected to the CIA. I seen it yesterday. I didn't know it until yesterday. I think that the lead singer of The Doors, his dad was actually in the CIA, but there, there does seem to be um, suggestions that they their, their counterculture music was actually uh, the CIA, that they were introducing these things. And the Marilyn Manson murders in 69... Charlie Charles Manson. Charles Manson, I'm sorry. There's a guy, uh, going back to Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's how I found out about this book, but there's a book called Chaos, where this guy's actually spent like 20 or 30 years, and what he's basically found out is that Charles Manson was an asset of the CIA, and everything that happened was an MK Ultra experiment. I made a connection that I've never heard anybody, so I kind of discovered it. <clears throat> when he took Charles Manson, all he did was have sex with these women and take large amounts of LSD. It was like a cult. And uh, it's satanic, obviously. Uh, make it witchy. He was listening to the White Album the whole time, incidentally, mm-hmm. and prophesied that there would be a race war. That's what the murders were about, to push the ball on this race war. Isn't it funny we're sort of having race wars like in the 60s? Keeps coming back to that, doesn't it? Uh, it's intentional. It's designed. Uh, they want us divided any way that they can divide us, whether that be through gender, sex, political affiliation, race, um religion however they can divide us is how they want to divide us and so that's what they're focusing on is demoralizing the, dif- the differences between uh black and white americans instead of the fact that they are americans and that they share the ideals of america um, that they share the culture of america like people people do not understand people inside of america do not understand that america has a culture um and it's a very strong culture um like if you listen to foreign people talk about americans they can tell who we are right off the bat just mm-hmm. by listening to us talk and it's not an accent thing it's an attitude it's um arrogant narcissistic t- there is a confidence level about it and it can be it can it can be arrogant as well but it's also our very first amendment is freedom of speech and because of that, we have built a culture around that. 
And that's why we find so many people in our culture inside of America whose credo is, I don't care if you like what I have to say, I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. Right. Um, and when you go to foreign countries, you don't necessarily find that. You can find it to a certain extent, depending upon the culture. But in America, it's so prevalent and it's so much ingrained in our culture. We go to other co countries, they instantly pick up that we're American. So the interdimensional beings, Alex Jones, were we're talking about it's uh evil entities whatever mm -hmm. uh they may be i think we covered that pretty good uh i want to get to the, the clockwork elves yeah <laughs> the, the machine elves yeah it's funny you mentioned that so and isn't it also funny that you think with hallucinogenics everyone would be having different experiences like wouldn't it be more random like it's all the same so the catholic church and the catechism classifies it as witchcraft mm -hmm. that uh catholics have no uh business take that you wonder well why would it be here why would god create it then but that's a different thing i want to get to the coronavirus but before i do uh symbols will be their downfall yeah you're hitting that earlier so i when i watch these documentaries i try to be real skeptical like surely there'd be more more evidence of this or people would be they are they're just uh decredited i guess there's there's tons of evidence that all of these things are occurring. We have witness testimonies. We have, we have, um, we have um, graveyards where we've uncovered thousands of skeletons, um, some of them belonging to children. We have um, the witness testimonies. That's a big one for me, and I've found a lot of them. And there's a lot of people who've been doing research. There's there's people who who um, who understand what's going on. And and now that we have the internet, we're getting more connected to each other. Mm -hmm. But um, we're we're so used to the the media telling us what is true mm -hmm. and focusing on what is important. And we're just now getting to a point as a society where we're realizing that our values don't align with the media's values and we need to start paying attention more. And so it's not that there's a lack of evidence for these things happening. It's just that there's a lack of, um, of it being shared around. There's a lack of people talking about it. Is there it. a basement in the pizza parlor? Okay, so that's not what Pizzagate is. Pizzagate is not... It got hijacked. It, it doesn't... It basically has nothing to do with that pizza parlor. Huh. Um, the extreme part about... In order to do Pizzagate, I have to really start from the beginning. So let me do like a quick diatribe on... Yeah, please. I think that's the, word, the right word. But as far as Pizzagate goes, the way that the media debunked Pizzagate um, was... They brought that that guy that you were talking about, who owned that pizza shop, uh -huh. into uh, I think it was actually on Fox News with Megyn Kelly, yeah. and she basically did this interview where she was like, "Oh my God, the the they're attacking this poor pizza guy and everything for no reason whatsoever." Um, and that's how they debunked it by saying that this guy almost got shot. Well, okay, so that's not what Pizzagate is at all. It the, has not been debunked. That guy's uh, post, the comments next to him. Uh, he, we're he, gonna, we're gonna. Okay. Let me get to that. So Pizzagate started with the release of the the, uh, the DNC emails, the ones that the DNC claims were they're hacked by the Russians, but were not hacked by the Russians. We have evidence that they were not hacked by the Russians. Uh, go. 
onto YouTube, look up Jimmy Dore, look up his um, his interview with Bill Benny. Bill Benny is an NSA whistleblower who designed the systems for the NSA. Super, super smart guy. He took the information that was available about the so-called Russian hack, and um, he found out that it was impossible for it to have been hacked. So a hack is with somebody's in a remote location hacking another computer in another remote location. What they found was that the files were pulled way too quickly for that to, to have occurred. Um, for that kind of speed, what you need is somebody in there with a flash drive physically pulling them off of the computer. Um, as it just so happens, there was this guy named Seth Rich who um, was a Bernie supporter. He worked for the DNC. He was on the inside. He saw all of these things that were happening, and he was upset about it. And um, he, as the story goes, and it seems like we've got we've got enough evidence that it that we can positively lean towards this direction but it appears that he actually pulled the emails and then i think gave them to somebody else who gave them to wikileaks and then he got shot by two people fr from the gang ms-13 which is probably connected to the dnc and um, the dnc uses them for their dirty work but he got shot by two people from the dnc and then the or, or, <laughs> I mean, I was right, right the first time, but he got shot by two people from MS-13, and then um, those two people got shot as well. They're satanic, um, too, the MS-13. Yeah. They, they put curses and hexes on the drugs that they transport. Oh, uh, they do a lot worse than that. Um, <laughs> no, they do. They like, do, yeah. It's, that, they, that's well documented. There, there was, like, one where they beheaded a dude and stabbed him over a hundred times. It's just bizarre stuff, like, really, really bizarre Human stuff. Human sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, this 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 leak occurred, and WikiLeaks got a hold of it, and they published all of the all of the emails, and they didn't really put any commentary on it. Well, people started going through these emails, and as it just so happens, there was an FBI document that was released not too much before the John Podesta emails that laid out the code words that pedophiles use to communicate with each other, and these are words like hot dog, walnut. Um, Pizza, uh, cheese, um, pasta. Obviously coded yeah, language. All of obviously coded language. And so people started going through these emails and they started noticing that John Podesta was using the same code words and other people he was communicating with was using um, the same uh, code words. Uh, two big examples that stand out to me, uh, but there's multiple examples. One of them, somebody's emailing John Podesta and says, hey, I found a handkerchief. It seems to be pizza related. Um, do you want it back? Or do you want me to send it to you? Or do, how do you want to get it back? Mm -hmm. So, oh, and, and it talks about there being a map on it that appears to be pizza related. So this obviously seems very coded. And then there's another message. I believe it's actually from John Podesta. He was like, hey, I was wondering if I could get a Haitian pizza for an hour or so. Who orders a pizza for an hour? Nobody orders a pizza for a set amount of time. You order the pizza and then you eat it and however long it takes you. I, I, that, I just don't even understand how that would naturally come into somebody's vocabulary. Real quick, uh, at my son's jiu-jitsu classes, I noticed on the wall, it was Gracie's, they had the triangle inside a triangle. It was the, the pedophile symbol. I'll take a I've, picture of it and send it to you. Well, okay, so I've looked at it and I don't think that it is. I mean, I've okay. asked a I asked somebody else who's involved with the movement, and they don't think that it is either. It actually seems to be the label of 
jujitsu. Okay, so it's coincidental or incidental? Possibly. Um, really, I think that what we have to do is find out if the if the creator of jujitsu um, was a pedophile or not. But <clears throat> the thing about it is that it you have the big triangle, but uh-huh. it doesn't curve into the smaller triangle on okay. the inside. And so that's why we think that it's probably not a pedophile symbol. That's funny. You already know about that. I thought I discovered it. So well, tri- well, there's there's one on 18th and Triplet, and then there's uh-huh. one over uh, the old Waffle House. Yeah, and I saw both of them, and then I did. I actually did do a little bit of research okay. into it, and it, it it actually there is a reason why they use the triangle, and it okay. has to do with balance and. Um, uh, church militant is. Um... Well, actually, real quick, I want to finish this Pizzagate thing because Pizzagate <clears throat> is not what people say it is. So we started looking, or, or the Anons on uh, 4chan started looking at these emails, and they started looking at the people who were connected on the emails. And this actually brought us to the pizza parlor. Um, now, the big revelations from Pizzagate were actually that there was coded language inside of these emails and spirit cooking with Marina and Bramovich, mm-hmm. um, where they specifically have emails talking about how Marina and Bramovich was going to host spirit cooking at somebody's house, which by her own definition was a ritual. She said, if you do it out in public, it's nothing. It's just a, it's a, it's a display. It's a, um, a performance art. If you do it in somebody's home, it's a real ritual. It's sex, sex magic. It's what Aleister Crowley did. Um, sex magic's but the, the, the connected Crowley. It's so. connected, but it's it's uh, slightly different. Um, it evolved, maybe. But well, it, it's all part of this. It's just not necessarily a part of Pizzagate specifically. Um, but yes, sex magic was occurring through this, I believe. Um, so. What ended up happening was they started doing more and more research. They started looking at these areas. They, there is actually so much information that is publicly available right now that you can find on the Internet if you're willing to take the time, if you're willing to actually do the research. How do you believe things on the Internet? You collaborate. Double-check. You you go further. You use your intuition. You read the articles themselves and see how they're formatted. Is there a lot of misspellings? Is there a lot of um, a lot of grammatical errors? Is there a lot of um, bias? Church um, militant has done a lot of work, and this is real quick. Um, <clears throat> so a couple of years ago, this is like five six years. I quit listening to him because they said that. There's a pedophile ring uh, up in the Vatican, and anyway, they they said some detail, and uh, no one listened to them. And then last year, Theodore McCarrick came out. He had a stack of papers about two inches thick of sexual assaults. He had seminaries where he would channel seminarians that he thought were gay into this seminary. He had a beach house. <clears throat> He's since been defrocked, and the Pope knew about it and didn't do anything. Now, they have a zero-tolerance policy in the Catholic Church. By the way, don't be discouraged from going to a Catholic Church. You're more likely to get molested by a public school teacher than you are a Catholic priest. But the Boston Globe, it was about 9% uh, of priests um, turned out to be pedophilic. Anyway, Church Militant right now has done a lot of work on... Uh, they've uncovered quite a few uh, black masses uh, in the church now i don't know why how in the world a catholic bishop could from the pulpit say one thing but then be involved in something so demonic it seems to me to be associated with positions of power i don't well this is what i wanted to hint hit on earlier um 
they're raised in these groups. So it's not always people who come into positions of power, but they put people in positions of power that have been trained to they, be pedophiles. They put these They've bad been, priests and bishops into the seminary to infiltrate. Yeah, it's specifically in the Catholic Church, the big problem with them is that uh, whenever something would come forward, somebody would come forward with these allegations, instead of demoting them or removing them from the clergy, they would move them to a different location. Which and they the, did with teachers at the time, too. And the thing, and the things continued <clears throat> to occur. But, um, the, uh... Symbols will be their downfall. Well, no, what... We were specifically talking about something just a second ago. Okay, so like you can look at George W. Bush. That would be a good example. Um, well, not him specifically, but you can look at the Skull and Bone Society that George W. Bush was a part of. And part of their rituals is like they uh, is gay sex, is is sex with children. Is um, they they get these people, um, they they get them on camera engaged in activities that the the normal person would find atrocious back in the day that was gay sex that's not going to fly anymore like you're not going to be have able to dirt on them yeah to, the, the to uh, dehumanize i think that there's some people in the old guard that are still uh under the blackmail of of gay sex or being homosexual or something but i don't think it's something that you could get away with now um but it is it is a training thing um the blood the bloodlines like when you have these rich people and they have these secrets that they've been keeping and they've been keeping them inside of their bloodlines and everything they train their children by abusing the children to become abusers themselves that is that is the goal and the whole point is you get somebody in a compromising position you get them in uh you get footage of them you get photos of them whatever you can so that you have blackmail on them like Jeffrey Epstein so the cameras and Lolita yeah exactly and in his apartment in New York and probably on his island as well um he probably has massive amounts of data on people that were engaged in these behaviors and these activities that are beyond criminal somebody said uh this like uh named Austin I work with uh and we're friends over at work and he was like well Trump is part of the pedophile, you knew Jeffrey Epstein, and you're voting for pedophiles. Going back to the trolling, like smear campaigns and stuff. I'm t I'm tempted to be like, well, if you vote for Joe Biden, you must be a pedophile. But it's like, we gotta be honest. We don't want to devolve into that. Like the Soviet Union, when communism took over, they had a culture where they just lied all the time, and then. If we're in a culture that lies all the time, that's what brings the authoritarian government, not the other way around. But uh, anyway, it's like, well, how do you prove... It was just, I was like, there's no way I can tell this guy in five, ten minutes how that's not... And Pat, like, Pat, got you right here, man. I got you right. right here. All right, first off, Jeffrey Epstein and Tom... Or, Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein did not have any communication 15 years prior to the election. In fact, the reason why they had no communication was because Jeffrey Epstein was kicked out of Mar-a-Lago and permanently banned. I told him Because that. he was... We don't know exactly he what says happened. It don't, it don't matter. But he it was, was guilt by association. He was it, was it was interaction with an underage girl. And we also have recently um, released documents about Ghislaine Maxwell and her driver um, confirming... Be, back before there was even an Epstein controversy, 
that um, they were not allowed to go inside of Mar-a-Lago. So we know that they were permanently banned and it, it's officially on the documents and everything. Additionally, like I said, Trump hadn't talked to Epstein in 15 years. On top of that, the uh, the attorney, the prosecutor or the attorney for the victims, the first time that Jeffrey Epstein went to court and he got that sweetheart deal, he subpoenaed several rich and powerful people that were connected to Jeffrey Epstein, including Donald Trump. And from his own words, Donald Trump was the only person that answered that subpoena. And additionally, um, like said, I'm willing to clear my schedule and sit down with you guys. And the lawyer said that he actually provided additional or information that they could use. On top of that, when you look at what happened when President Trump had uh, became president, he signed four major pieces of legislation. Uh, three of those are executive orders that deal directly with human trafficking, and there's been additional human trafficking, uh, getting funds to uh, human trafficking victims, shutting down uh, pages like Backpage.com, uh, thousands of pedophiles, including pedophiles from Legoland and Disneyland, uh, arrested, thousand, or um, several high-name profile pedophiles that I mentioned earlier, Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, Kevin Spacey has been... Um, That's freaky. When you learn about uh, those people died all that year after these allegations. Yeah, Kevin Spacey hasn't been arrested yet, but we And then we he know. taunts it on the holiday... Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Kill, yeah. Kill him with kindness. You can you can find so that on creepy. his YouTube still. There's two videos, two or three videos, and they kind of seem to correlate exactly with the witnesses dying or dropping out of the the allegation. Uh, R. Kelly was arrested. Uh, uh-huh. El Chapo, I didn't mention him earlier. He was a huge human trafficker. People only think about the drugs, but he was doing a lot of human trafficking as well. Um, uh, George Nader and Ed Buck. All of these people, and then plus on top of that, you have the exposure of Prince Andrew, the exposure of Bill Clinton, the exposure of um, a few other people that are connected to these these rich and prominent people. So if you look at it, the the article the the argument doesn't make any sense. Um, yes, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Epstein did know Trump, um, but everybody knew Trump. That's they, what they I telling. They were all in these these uh, connected <clears throat> things, and that's why when you see pictures of Jeffrey Epstein and Trump, they're always at a party together. But if you see pictures of Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Clinton, they're sitting down with casual clothes, smiling at the camera. Obviously, they were in mid conversation when somebody he had, he had took a painting of him in a dress. This. Well, that's not. Uh, some art student made that and uh, he bought it because he liked it and she did another one of George W. Bush and he had paper airplanes with two Jenga towers that were falling (laughs) over they were funny they were uh, they were they were yeah they are what's it called what's going on with Ghislaine Maxwell she's not dead yet I don't know her the news on her has been relatively um, quiet Mm -hmm. um I they're moving moving her from jail to jail, aren't they? I haven't heard about that. Maybe I know at one point they were she was afraid for her life or something, which good she should be. But um, I, the thing about Ghislaine Maxwell is that it's it's, it's very interesting. Some things um that happened around Ghislaine Maxwell getting arrested as opposed to the arrest of Ghislaine Maxwell itself. And I think that there's going to be some more stuff that comes out connected to her arrest, uh, information that she either she has or that or documents or the videotapes or something is probably going to come forward soon. But what is interesting about the Ghislaine Maxwell arrest is that, you know, we had been talking about it for a really long time. Jeffrey Epstein got arrested, but Ghislaine Maxwell is still out here doing all of this stuff, and she's getting... Mm-hmm 
taking pic, getting her picture taken at an In-N-Out burger. Um, and why aren't we arresting her? Well, um, in the Southern District of New York, there is there was an attorney general, um, and I can't remember his name at the time or right now, but there was this attorney general, and um, at the Southern District of New York, you had the Ghislaine Maxwell documents, you had the um, which would be the Ghislaine and Epstein documents. You had the Anthony Weiner laptop, and you had information about the Bill and Hillary Clinton Foundation. All three of these were at the Southern District of New York. Well, Attorney General Barr comes in and he says, hey, um, please to announce that this guy has agreed to step down or something like that. And uh, the Attorney General comes out and he says, well, I never agreed to step down and I'm not going to. And Bill Barr was just like, I don't know why you're being so dramatic about this, and turns to Trump and is like, hey, I think you should fire this guy. And Trump is like, yeah, and that guy was fired. And, and then now he goes and hangs out with James Comey and John Brennan and goes and lies and cries about Trump all the time. Um, but they replaced him, and then within a week is when Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. So I oh. think that whatever the because you know this whole this whole draining the swamp process that we've been experiencing the last four years that people aren't aware that we're experiencing but mm -hmm. it's been happening mm -hmm. uh, piece by piece by piece you have to take out these these people who are in positions of power that are blocking things that are right. okay. keeping information from coming to the light that are destroying <clears throat> everything really the, the thing about Trump you you know he's going to lose well you heard it here first they're going to rig the election where they're trying to rig the election. And this is the conclusion that I've ultimately come to, and I kind of wish more right-wing commentators... The, the thing that right-wing commentators are afraid of right now... Um, like, if you listen to Tim Pool specifically, the thing that they're afraid of is that... that Trump supporters will get cocky, and they won't go to the polls because Trump's got this in the bag. That's not going to happen. Trump support. Trump has way too much enthusiasm, and people are way too fucking I've been excited. Calling, uh, if you don't go and vote, he'll lose. The I've been trying to get that out there. So I think that they've been pushing a narrative that um, there's a high probability of Trump losing, just to have that sense of fear inside of um, Trump supporters, so that they do go out and vote. That make sure that it is important to vote. I don't like this tactic. Um, I think that it's deceptive. Here's my th my thinking: the Democrats are trying to steal the election. They um, they have the methods of succeeding, and what we need to and do is get as many Trump supporters and as many people willing to vote for Trump to the polls on election day, so that when those final numbers come in, it's an overwhelming uh, majority. It's an overwhelming landslide in which Trump wins, in which it makes it impossible for the deep state to come in and say, well, we got these and that. Mm -hmm. It is very, very critical that every person who supports Trump that is planning on voting for Trump go out and vote for Trump. That is how I will say it. We need to send a very clear message to the deep state coming up um, this November that says, we want President Trump. We want our freedom. We want what America is supposed to be. We want to make America great again. Um, so, fuck you and your demented candidate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he might literally have dementia. Uh, you're so, not the only one. So, the coronavirus, you know, back in, in February, I would have said Trump's got a 95% chance of winning. But I noticed that uh, about April, I started feeling the vibe, like, oh, fuck Trump. 
And I didn't know where that was coming from. And it was like this vibe. And Dude, I used to think it was silly when people would talk about magic and spells. And someone made the connection that uh, George Floyd, what did he say? I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. When you put it on a mask, what's the first thing that enters your head? Oh, I can't breathe. Yeah. It's like this... Uh, Spell. So the coronavirus, I was talking to my dad and, uh, you know, he got a little spooked. And I got a little spooked after watching about the Spanish flu and how uh, that was covered up because of morale with World War One. But three weeks after the big scare, after I was off work for a week, incidentally, uh, it's funny how they're doing another lockdown in the month of October when we're, we're voting. But anyway. Uh, I, and just so you guys know, the the WHO just officially came out and said... Hey, these lockdowns are bullshit. They're a bad idea, and more people yes. are dying from uh, deaths of despair than they are from the the coronavirus or starvation. So, um, do your own research. Be aware of this, and tell your governors to fuck off. Like I'm not even joking around. Like write out a postcard that says "fuck off" and your goddamn lockdowns, and just ship it right to your governor to suspend the uh, constitution. So about April. After the scare, this has been about three weeks mm -hmm. after I started. Uh, now, at this point, uh, I remembered three weeks ago, CNN had uh, cameras at the hospitals and stuff. So I went back and I looked at all the old uh, CNN footage. I don't even know if it's still up there. And I realized that the the doctor that they were talking about, she she wasn't even a real doctor. She had her doctorates, but she was uh, her job was to do crisis simulations. Mm -hmm. That was her job that was... And uh, some of my friends on Facebook had found this. I go back and I look, and they were talking about all these freezer semi-trucks coming in to load up the bodies. But you never see the bodies. Mm -hmm. You never... And there... So I went back and I looked, and none of it was adding up. There was a whole bunch, and uh, <clears throat> some well, people at work were starting to say... Also, the people in China who were dropping dead of the virus. Exactly. The you know, that I told was my dad big... two days ago, they said nothing what they said was going to happen happened. They said people were drop, dropping dead in the streets. You never saw any of that. And then, so then I started crunching numbers while I could. I started looking about, about respiratory infection as the fourth leading cause of death anyway. And about 80,000 people die of the flu. And it's not like they're testing the 92-year-old grandma and said, maybe she had the flu when she died. They're not testing for that. Now we're, the numbers are no different than uh, any virus. We're on track in America to have less total deaths than we did in 2019 total deaths so we're talking about car accidents murders old age influenza um covid is so destructive that we will have less total deaths at the end of the year than we did uh last year and another thing that um that you said just a second ago and i think needs to be hit on as well is that we're we've gone through I think we're in the second flu season since right. coronavirus started. So uh, when you say that 80,000 people die from the flu each year, that's 80,000 people in a flu season, I believe. Okay. And we're we're in the second flu season. And, um, but even then, like, the reason that people are dying is not because of the coronavirus the majority of the time. There's only been right. about 9,000 people who have died. Point zero 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 six or there's only about 9,000 people who have actually died just from the coronavirus, and the rest, on average, had 
um, comorbidities. That was 2.5 additional health factors that ended up killing them. Now, this isn't saying that they had a comorbidity because a lot of people had comorbidities. It's that, that the comorbidities were stacked on top of each other, then they got a coronavirus, then they died. So it's really not as lethal as they say. And, um, you know, it, it does seem to affect the older population the most. And I'm all for taking care of them. But what we're doing with the lockdowns, we're just hurting everybody. People were starting to protest all these. And then George Floyd does. I really believe like they killed him on purpose to do all this. I'm not entirely certain. Because you watch the coronavirus. If you're objective, you're like, how could we be this stupid? They're not. No, this is all uh, planned, and it's uh, and even then they're doing a piss poor job of um, <clears throat> just the reason behind it and the numbers and uh, I I spend time thinking about this, but I haven't really got my arguments that well worked out. It, it looks like, and everyone's kind of got the vague feeling that this is all just rigged. That they're so evil that they're willing to just collapse the economy just to get Trump out. Well, it's not, it's very easy to make a, a, a case that, that everything is rigged. Um, okay, so, Trump has a roaring economy that the, the, actually, fuck that. Okay, first off, um, back in 2016, Hillary Clinton um, does internal polling and realizes that this recent information that she sold uranium to Russia um, through the Clinton Foundation and her husband doing a speech and everything was affecting her negatively in the, in the polling. And if she was going to lose, it was going to be because, because of that issue. And uh, Hillary Clinton, who studied under Saul Alinsky, um, got uh, Christopher Steele to come up with information about Trump colluding with Russia so that she could cover up the fact that she colluded with Russia, even though everybody knew that she colluded with Russia anyway. Uh. This allegation was then fed into the FBI and the CIA and a whole bunch of other people who started this propaganda media campaign talking about Trump-Russia possible collusion. And uh, that went on and on and on until you got Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller came in and started an investigation based upon this bullshit dossier that Hillary Clinton had paid for. Um, then they spent two and a half years on this investigation. They found no collusion, no obstruction, and they spent millions and millions of taxpayer money trying to, to do this, and it was all bullshit. And as soon as that ends and they realize that they can't get him on um, obstruction or collusion or nor obstruction, they're like, well, now what? So they have this whistleblower come forward, and he starts talking about how Trump uh, did this quid pro quo with Ukraine and he threatened to withhold aid eight different times. Well, Come to find out. <laughs> no, it was Biden. a perfectly fine uh, phone call, just like Trump says, mm -hmm. perfectly fine. There was nothing wrong with it. And if you look at it, um, what he says in that transcript, he says, um, he talks about how there's this video of Joe Biden, Joe Biden. Um, Not true. Uh, bragging about the fact that he got quid pro quo from a U Ukrainian government by having them fire the prosecutor who just so happened to be uh, investigating Hunter Biden for the millions of dollars that he got setting on the board for Burisma, which is an energy company that is directly connected to the Ukrainian government. And so if you go back, I believe that this is accurate. I need to double check on it. But the Joe Biden 
that billion dollars mm-hmm. that Joe Biden threatened to withhold from Ukraine, that went into Burisma, which means that that billion dollars went to Hunter Biden. So let me get this straight. Hillary Clinton was saying that on the dark web, Russia was taking out ads? But... No, it was on no, no, what Hillary's claiming is that, that Russia hacked her emails and gave them to WikiLeaks. And she's also claiming that there was, they've kind of downplayed it, but they they um, they were saying that Russia like straight up hacked the elections, but that's mm-hmm. not true at all. No. Um, what they did find out is that Russia, that a, a company connected to Russia spent about $100,000 worth of um, advertisement money on memes that were shared around facebook um that may have influenced a small number of people but it's very unlikely and if you consider that the trump campaign and the hillary clinton campaign paid over a billion dollars in publicity if you consider the fact that the media gave trump about four billion dollars worth of free publicity that hundred thousand dollars didn't do anything it didn't do jack shit right and if you if you really want to look at election meddling, what you should really look at is Google, who um, had the possibility of swaying the election upwards of 16 million votes, anywhere between 4 million and 16 million votes. Um, and they did this by using their algorithm. They put pro-Hillary stories up front. They, uh, mm-hmm. they would censor information that would show Trump in a good light. Uh, they would remind people who were registered Democrats to go out and vote, but they wouldn't do the same thing for conservatives. Right. And then we also have the Project Veritas tapes where the, all of this is confirmed. Yes. But we also need to rewind back to what I was talking about. So you, uh, you had the, the whole, um, so you had the whole, uh, investigation. So remember you have the campaign, um, Hillary Clinton um, pays for the fake dossier media campaign to discredit Trump and make him look like a Russian asset. Uh, Mueller investigation to further this lie from the Hillary Clinton campaign that goes into impeachment to cover up the fact that they they failed on this investigation. It picks up directly where the investigation leads off. So then we get to a point now where... um, Nancy Pelosi is saying how desperately important it's a threat to national security. We have to impeach the president. We have to get him out of office. Hmm? Amendment 24? You're talking about that? No, no, no. I'm okay. talking about in the in the timeline. Okay. Uh, you're talking about the 25th Amendment, uh, which Nancy Pelosi talked about last week. A lot of people, including Trump himself, think that that's supposed to be aimed at joe biden okay like you said he's uh he he does seem to have dementia and i think that the democrats do want a plan in place in case joe biden miraculously wins which he won't but um in the impeachment inquiry uh nancy pelosi says that it's a threat to national security and we have to rush through it we have to get it done as quickly as possible they get it done at the beginning of december mitch mcconnell mitch mcconnell says okay bet send it over and nancy pelosi stops and she does not send the articles of impeachment over. Right. Why did why did she why did she said it was a threat to national security? She said that it was an urgent matter, and she rushed through the process. She got it done at the beginning of December she didn't have and the votes. held on to it. No, she had the votes from the beginning um, because everybody voted along party lines, except for a couple of Democrats voted against the measure. Um, okay. And I think one of those has become a Republican. Republican now. Yeah, I think so. Um, I and I think Tulsi Gabbard was the other. Hillary said that. 
Tulsi Gabbard was a Russian asset. That's because that? that's her go-to. Because once again, Saul Alinsky, accuse your opponents of what you are guilty right. of. Did, she was. By the way, to... uh, Saul Alinsky's book "Rules for Radicals" was dedicated to Lucifer. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. But here's the thing about the impeachment trial. She she rushed it through. She said that it was super important. Then she did not give the articles of impeachment over to Mitch McConnell. Why did she not do that? There's no logical explanation for that until January 15th, the day that she actually turned over the articles of impeachment. She gives them over to Mitch McConnell on January 15th. Okay, do you want to know why I'm emphasizing the date, January 15th? Because the same exact day that we have the the first, the very first confirmed person who flew from Wuhan with the coronavirus into America was on January 15th. Um, why did that happen? Why why did it just so happen coincidentally to line up after the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi have been slamming um, Trump since the beginning and trying to get him out of office? Why did it just so happen to be on January 15th, I, the day that the coronavirus came to America? I've never thought and about then, that. On top of that, you've got six months of coronavirus bullshit. Now they're blaming him for the economy failing, even though he was, he's been about reopening since the beginning. Remember, he said at the beginning, wouldn't it be awesome if we got open by uh, Easter? That yeah. was his goal. He wanted to open by Easter, but the governors weren't having it. And um, going back to what you were saying about totalitarianism and authoritarianism, Trump is not that guy, and right. COVID proves that. Mm -hmm. He had the perfect opportunity to, to uh, I'm going to shut down everything. I'm going to take ultimate control. Martial law. Martial law. This is a national crisis. He had the opportunity, and what did he do? He took a step back, and he let the governors decide the way that America should be run. You know, right. it should be localized. And uh, they're blaming him on the for the coronavirus, even though the things that he did um, – lessened the deaths you know at the very beginning they said it's not a big deal you don't have to worry about it he shut down flights from china and joe biden came out on his twitter and called him xenophobic and i say joe biden but we all know that it was joe biden's campaign team because joe biden doesn't do anything except probably watch cuties on the internet in his basement <laughs> nancy pelosi <laughs> that's what i was talking about cnn earlier about she was accusing him of being racist i guess before she was in on the plant have you heard of brett weinstein he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Well, so He's a if biologist. you think, of, I know who you're talking about, but we're gonna get back to this real quick. Okay. So if you, we actually only have ten about ten minutes left, and then I do have to head out. But here's the thing: um, after um, Joe Biden called him xenophobic, that's when uh, Trump started the coronavirus task force, getting together Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, uh, Mike Pence to lead it. He put that together, and then after that is when Nancy Pelosi. Um, goes to Chinatown and says, hey, everybody come down to Chinatown. And I still have not figured out what Chinatown has to do with China. Um, I know that <laughs> I know that there's a connection there in the sense that I'm not that's, racist. <laughs> but at the same time, like we're talking about a virus that's in. I don't mm, I Brett Weinstein. I'm just assuming that it was uh, racist. Brett, Brett Weinstein's a biologist and has done studies on a virus where it named animals. And he went down the rabbit hole, he said, when this first started, he had a podcast where he, he said they have a lab in Wuhan. He said, it looks like it's engineered to me, a scientist. And that's and a, he did a lot of research that's on That's a it. different topic for a different day. Right. Like, if you, 
if you look at everything that Trump has done, like he was the one that got the the ventilators. He was the one that got the masks. Nobody was short on supplies, even though that that was a, a common thing going around. I think that at the beginning, because the Obama administration hadn't restocked the national stockpile after the Ebola outbreak, um, they were short on supplies. But then they shut down the the, the country, and then everybody started coming to the plate. Like the My Pillow guy, he started making masks, and a whole bunch of other companies. Uh, 3M, they started making masks, and so the American the American um, companies, the American private sector, really stepped up to the ball. Now I don't know if we have anybody making penicillin or not, but we really need to. Uh, I don't know if you're aware or not, but the last factory capable of making penicillin left America in two. Huh. Yeah, you're right. Few yeah, years I have ago. thought about that. So to end this, how, how do we red pill people? Like, where do you even begin? That is. Start with common ground. Um, we're not talking about the the leftists that are hardcore in their beliefs and won't uh, change their mind no matter what. The reason why you argue with them is to get the liberals or the left-leaning people or the people who are just not aware um, listening and understanding what you're saying. Um, you're Most people know something's up. And that's but they also... think it's white supremacy. Well, I think that it is. It's just Antifa is white supremacy and people don't realize it. Like, that's my personal theory about it but yeah. um i mean i say like uh, Gret guthrie after the riot started and people were like it's antifa it's white supremacy Gret guthrie was like it's fucking happening arrest them and we'll figure out what group they belong to afterwards right and i agree with that it doesn't matter i don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on right. just fucking stop burning down buildings stop terrorizing uh -huh. people huh. stop killing people um but like, if you look at the stats from the coronavirus, going back to how Trump has been handled the entire time, and now he's being accused of all of these deaths, he has been the, at the forefront of doing things that have actually been beneficial. Dr. Fauci himself has come out and said that Trump deciding to shut down travel to China probably saved upwards of millions of lives. We don't know how many that it saved, but it saved a lot because he did take that first step. And... Um, you know, he set up the COVID task force. He did what he was supposed to do while the Democrats were bitching about him. And then mm -hmm. you go further into it and the George Floyd incident occurs. And then you have all of these Democrat governors because the riots are only happening in de Democrat cities. Right. And so um, they had piles of bricks laid out for mm -hmm. the rioters when the whole thing. In multiple cities. Yeah. And like I remember this... seeing it in real time, like two days after Floyd's death. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. I've seen it on Tim Pool's and it's like. I thought, how evil do you got to be to to pin this on black people is what I thought at the time. They're going to make it look like black people were doing this, but Antifa's coming in, and it, that's what I thought. And they had white people in black breaking up, and then uh, some black leaders were saying, oh, that's undercover cops doing that. It's like, well, oh. But there were. And there were there were cops, too. Comp compromised cops. Um, we, have, we, have, we have videos of cops in uniform breaking windows we have videos of cops watching standing right like there's a cop car parked they're leaned up against the car and antifa's up there spray spraying the thing some of these police officers are bad and that's one of the problems with people like focusing on the groups is that there are police officers doing this shit yes they are connected like, I, think I never they're... post blue lives matter <laughs> they're not our I'm, friends i'm not a friend a fan of cops at all and like i <clears throat> if think if you shoot in self-defense they'll arrest you and I do actually think that that's one of the big problems of the left-right dynamic is that we automatically will join a side They're if right it's about for our side. So, like, 
Blue Lives Matter. You and I don't like cops. We're not about to post that stuff because we don't like cops. Um, They're not our friends. I, I respect cops. And you were talking about a vacuum earlier and something else. If you remove the cops, it's just going to replace. Uh, it's going to be street vigilantes. Right. It's going to be people who have no. Uh, Gangsters. OGs will be running things and raping your sister and your daughter. No accountability whatsoever. It's the it's the rule of law by the mob as opposed to. Mine makes right. Like. You know, at least right now we have a judicial system where if a police officer shoots somebody, there's a chance that they will get prosecuted for it. And I know that there's been a lot of times where they've been unjustly not prosecuted, but there have been times where they have been justly prosecuted. And um, so the thing about to get back to the very before the podcast I was talking about uh, on Spotify, Joe Rogan is not about free speech. I think the hundred million went from Spotify. I think he's been bought and paid for because he's. He called. He called Project Veritas a liar and said that uh, it was telling Tim. No, it was Colin Quinn that um, Trump. They, they were talking about the Proud Boys, but uh, Joe Rogan was saying he told white supremacists to stand down, stand by, and it's like you know that's not true. I don't think that Spotify is what got Joe Rogan to, to sell out. I think that Joe Rogan's been sold out for a really long time, and I think that where we're at right now is Spotify is. It doesn't appear to be Spotify based on what Joe Rogan is saying. It appears to be huh. employees inside of Spotify that are upset about what Joe Rogan is doing. But if you look at what happened, Joe Rogan came on and he said, nothing is going to change. Right. Everything's going to be exactly the same. My entire library is going to be available. As soon as he transferred over to Spotify, you have Alex Jones missing. Gavin you McGinnis. Gavin McGinnis. Um, Milo. It was some left-wingers, but the majority of those people were right-wingers. Um, probably the majority of them, I'm guessing, were anti There's a pattern, people. So how do you want to end this? Um, I was just real, real quick on the Joe Rogan thing. I think that he's been controlled opposition for a really long time. But at the same time, I don't discourage people from listening to his podcast because the people mm -hmm. like, OK, so when it comes to controlled opposition, it's like a tiny fraction, like the James uh, O'Keefe thing where he called James O'Keefe a liar. Those are the moments where he controls the narrative where he okay. he shifts the narrative where the establishment wants it but for the most part he stays in the realm of well this is just a conversation this is truth this is and like um james o'keefe isn't controlled opposition though he's yeah he doesn't he doesn't time. doesn't seem to be to me because all yeah. i mean what it comes down to it his journalism style is hidden cameras uh -huh. and this is just what the people say he's catholic by the way oh, I, didn't, I hadn't heard about that yeah. uh but how do we want to end this um the question that I keep hearing from you is how do we interact? How do we get the message across? Remember that you're not talking to the leftists. You're talking to the people who are still thinking clearly, who are thinking logically, who are weighing both sides of the issue. And you are trying to present the best version of your side when you do that. Um, sometimes that means being harsh. Sometimes that means being strong. Sometimes that means being um, like a little insulting. But that goes back to the reflection thing that I was talking about. As far as uh, being able to convert people, the that's going to come down to persuasion and facts. Nice. And um, study leftists. Study how they fight. And when they start using these tactics against you, use them back at them. Um, there's, there's several different ones. Hold them um, to their own principles. So... Use their definitions of words. Not That's yours. actually a Saul Alinsky mm -hmm. tactic That's I that uh, I think that the right should imply. Hold people <clears throat> to their own standard because it's impossible to... to... So, like, for example, I'm going to go to church and say, you're not... You're supposed to have dialogue, but if... You, 
So, for example, if you're about the poor, you're the voice for the poor, how come the rich people in my church have a voice, but you don't listen to poor people like me? You hold them to their own principles. Mm -hmm. That's what I try to do. Like, when I'm arguing with somebody, like, a good example would be the other day I posted a meme, and this is what we'll end on. We'll end on this meme. So I posted a meme, and the meme said, um, Joe Biden called Trump a clown at the debate and Trump smacked back with, well, yeah, but your son was um, a drug addict who got kicked out of the military for um, and got millions of dollars from Moscow and Russia. The thing that I was concerned about was the millions of dollars that he got from Russia and Moscow. The things that the leftist was concerned about were the fact that, that Trump had disparaged Hunter Biden for getting kicked out of the military for right. using drugs. And so I had to keep bringing it back to this conversation that Hunter Biden has been linked to a human trafficking ring. Do you not care about the fact that he's been linked to a human trafficking ring? And I had to bring the, 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 what is actually your value? All right, everybody, we've got 13 seconds left on this podcast. This has been the paperback philosophy podcast. This has been Zach Payne and Aaron Brown. Um, once again, thanks for having me. The podcast with the sexiest audience. I appreciate you so much for listening. Have a great one.